0: Oh, oh hi, pal. Welcome to the Sack Lunch Podcast with Matt and Matt. If you don't like that, you don't like kids basketball. Oh, boy. Hello, and welcome to the Sack Lunch Podcast talking sacramento kings here with matt and matt matt what's up matt not much how you doing
1: doing great feels great baby feels great but you love that quote I do. it doesn't feel great anymore though because the 49ers lost so we can't yeah they did anymore. we cannot uh we cannot brag anymore we can only wait till next year and hopefully we make it back i know you know what i was trying to be
0: humble too i avoided getting too too trolly with people just so that i was waiting for after the uh Right. The Super Bowl to strike and it just didn't didn't happen. So, but the trolls did come for me. So yeah, they were out in full force. Whatever, yeah. they they're jealous, you know. Oh man. Well, <laughs> speaking of unpleasant trees, Matt, uh, Valentine's Day is coming up this next weekend. Oh, um, oh no, unpleasant trees. Yeah, Not yeah. A fan? yeah. I, I, I have to say, if I'm honest, I am not a Valentine's Day fan. I'm one of the, no, I'm not like anti-Valentine's Day. I'll still get a little something and we'll still do like a dinner or something, but yeah. just the idea that you need this commercial holiday, you know, like <laughs> carried by Hallmark to to tell you how much you care about your significant other and sh- like you should show that based on how much money you should spend, not just how much money you should spend, but on like worthless things like stuffed animals and
1: <laughs> to build a pair, yeah, yeah. I'm in agreement with you there. Yeah. What are your a, thoughts on Valentine's Day? I've never been a big Valentine's Day guy, and, and I don't know if it's because I'm a little bit cheap, um, but but yeah, I'm with you. It's like I I can I can love you 365 days out of the year. I, you know why do I need a day to to do that? I'm just really happy that um, my wife and I think your wife is like this too. Um, they don't you know put. Too much on that day. They don't buy into the into the propaganda. Either.
0: No, I've looked out. I, I, Emily actually agrees with me, and she we refuse to go out on Valentine's Day because the restaurants are just crazy. That is true. And then even the weekends close to Valentine's Day. So if we are going to celebrate, we either try to do a nice dinner at home, or you know go out on like a weekday or like a couple
1: weeks removed from Valentine's Day, or maybe celebrate early or something like that. Flowers are the price of flowers are, are way jacked up too. Um, you'd be better off going and f- picking some from the rose bush. And Matt Smith unveiling doors. the uh, the the flower scandal. Yeah, they of... <laughs> hike the price of like twice as much. It's like it's just flowers, man. They're yeah, great.
0: that's true. And you walk into a grocery store and you're literally just bombarded with a display. Yeah, like, you know, a whole mountain of different flowers and little balloons and. <laughs> Did you ever? Did you ever have that Valentine's Day where you did try to be the hero and go all out, or do you have any like embarrassing? Give any good Valentine's Day stories?
1: I have one. Okay. Um, yeah, because normally I don't do anything, but it, it, it seems like I'm the type of person where I say I'm not going to do anything, or I'm going to do something small. And then once I start doing one thing, I start thinking of ways to kind of add on to it, and then it just turns into something kind of kind of snowball grand, and yeah, like. Uh, I don't know too much, but, uh, our first Valentine's day that we ever had as a couple, um, and I were dating. And, um, my thought was I was just going to, we like penguins randomly. We just think they're, I don't know, they're our favorite animal, uh, weird but i have this big stuffed penguin and i was going to strap a uh, heart-shaped box of chocolates onto it and i was going to put it on her windshield while she was at work and then like on the
0: outside of the windshield yeah on the outside just
1: like a surprise get a a crowbar and break into her car or a coat hanger no no um no um and then I thought, okay, well, I could do that, but I could also surprise her and take her to lunch. And so I took the day off, but I didn't tell her about it. Um, and then I was like, well, it, wouldn't it be cool to arrive and surprise her in a chariot full of um, – heart-shaped balloons, Chariot being my car. Got and it. so I, I went to uh, party city and I ordered like 20 heart-shaped balloons and I'm walking out just looking like an idiot and I <laughs> shove them in my car. But
0: looking like an idiot, but feeling like a stud, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: I shove them in my car and I'm driving and she worked at church back then and I'm driving to church and, um, I can't see out of you know the back of my car. So that's a little dangerous, but, um, looking like you know a love machine and uh, so I, I get to church where she works and I know her shift is about to end and I parked all the way back in the gravel so I could see her but she couldn't see me a little creepy um, but and she comes oh, yeah so she comes out and she's like super confused about the penguin being on her windshield and I call her she and thinks I, it's like vandalism yeah like death threat or something yeah <laughs> I call her and I go hey and I think I commented on her outfit which I, she didn't tell me what she was wearing. So she was like, what's happening?" That's not creepy. So now at all. I am, you know, looking a little stalkerish and I go, Hey, turn around. And I'm driving up in the, in the heart filled, you know, balloon filled car and she's and all like embarrassed. the Valentine's version of the Macy's float. Or yeah. Like that. Yeah. Okay. And like her coworker sees, you know, and it's like, they know me cause we go to church and stuff. And it's like, and then I'm like, get in. And we went to, you know, we went out to lunch and, I don't know. That was cool. But did it was go well? well? Like, did, did she appreciate the gesture or was she embarrassed by it? I think she liked it. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I mean, we got married later, so. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that says I didn't something. totally bomb. Yeah, well, she... I, we don't, we just don't know if
0: she married you because of that or in spite of that. Yeah.
1: So, I don't know. We'll have to ask her.
0: Yeah, I, ne- I never did anything that big. There was one time where <laughs> I had a nice uh, dinner waiting for Emily when I worked at home. And, you know, like uh, I, I had ordered like some rose petals and put some candles out and Ooh. stuff. So, you know, I... Where do you did, get rose petals? I just ordered them online. They came in like... It, it was not... I thought it was going to be fancier and they would come in like a special like case and a velvet pouch or something it it was just this clear plastic bag of fake (laughs) now now these were they were fake rose petals they weren't rose petals. and then just a bunch of little what are they called like teacup candles or tea the
1: tea tea candles tea candles i don't i don't know the technical names for for candles but yeah we're dudes so yeah anyway i
0: mean that was the closest thing that and and she appreciated that 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 was early in our marriage before before kids now we're just like (laughs) my valentine's day gesture is just like Cleaning the snot off of my kids and do, yeah, doing the dishes and yeah, acts of
1: service. Yeah, yeah, it's different now, but yeah, we'll Those see. Those mean more though. You know what? Anybody can buy rose petals. Not anybody can just you know step up and do all the chores and and do the diapers. So
0: yeah, exactly. And I think the moral of the story here, Matt, is that Valentine's Day, uh, while it does mean something, it's it's overrated. I so. agree. So, yeah, we should probably just, I feel like we've already talked about Valentine's Day for, for too long. We're giving it too much airtime, I think. So, <laughs> let's Talk Let, about some trades, Matt. Yeah. Um, let's let's um, do something a little different here and start out the episode with news and notes because uh, we just recently had the NBA trade deadline that is coming and gone now. And uh, we wanted to kind of briefly break down some of the trades that happened in the NBA. So what do you think? Well, let's start out with some news and notes this time. All right.
1: Wait, what? News?
0: All right, news and notes. So, Matt, the trade deadline has come and gone. Let's start with what uh, I think both of us feel is the biggest trade here, which is the uh, Golden State Warriors trading D'Angelo Russell to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and. In- yeah. Uh, what that trade entailed was the Timberwolves receiving D'Angelo, Russell, Jacob Evans, and Amari Spellman. So basically just Russell. And then the Warriors got Wiggins and a uh, top three protected uh, first-round pick as well as a second-round pick. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, that's, that's a pretty big trade, I would say, because Russell's a big player and there was a first-round pick involved. Granted, it was protected, but what what do you think about that trade? Did, like did, Was that a good trade for the Warriors?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean there was question whether uh, Russell was a good fit for their system. And Steve Curry even mentioned that after the trade happened, he's like, it was questionable from the beginning of the fit, um, with the splash brothers coming back next year. Um, Andrew Wiggins, pretty good small forward they can add. Um, he might fit in well, especially with Curry and a uh, clay spacing the floor. So that's a probably pretty good pickup for them. And maybe, uh, Maybe for Minnesota, D'Angelo Russell gives them a little spark. I mean, they're still pretty bad. Um, that first-round pick that the Warriors got is going to be probably a, a lottery pick. Yeah, and I
0: feel like the the Warriors, this was clearly a lost season for them. Yeah. And so if Russell wasn't going—I mean, with Clay and Curry back, is he even going to really fit into that? And that's that was the question, it was does he fit in with Clay and Curry there? Right. And we didn't really even get to see that. Um, I personally don't know that he would have, and I think they agreed because they made this move, but, yeah. uh, the fact that they were able to flip that and now, now is Wiggins a free agent at the end of this year? Is it basically just like a rental or do you know if he still has time left on his contract? Cause I didn't even see the contract situation. For I him, believe but, he has
1: time left on it.
0: Okay. So yeah, that could actually be decent for them. He's just a, he's a, he's a good scorer. He doesn't do much else. Um, but yeah. that, that could work out though, because, you know, they don't have Durant anymore. And so it could be nice for them to have another scorer in there. Draymond seems to have lost a step, yeah. um, and they got a first round pick out of it. So I think that that was, um, uh, definitely a win for the Warriors, uh, assuming that it doesn't end up being a top three pick.
1: Yeah. So. How about, uh, the drama in Memphis, uh, involving Andre Iguodala, uh, on social media, the, um, the Memphis players, Ja Morant uh, and company, were talking trash, saying Andre didn't want to be there. Um, we don't need him. Some expletives involved. Yeah, that type of stuff, I feel like it's never productive. It's yeah. never really a good thing. But um, uh, they don't have to worry about that anymore because uh, they've made a trade with Miami. And mm-hmm. the uh, Heat receive Andre Ingu- Iguodala. Uh, well, I said it like that. But Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill as well. Grizzlies, yeah. Grizzlies received Justice Winslow, James Johnson, and Dion Waiters, so I'm um, kind of a shuffling of of dudes there. Um, I kind of like the players that the Grizzlies got better. I feel like Winslow's a versatile
0: player. James Johnson's like has a lot of pure athleticism. Waiters isn't, you know, he's a shooter, but I mean, all, none of these guys are like, you know, a yeah. list names or anything like that. But just looking at it on paper, I kind of like what the Grizzlies received. Better, but yeah, it was just kind of a shuffling, like you said. So um, I agree. Uh, but there was one more kind of larger name, which was uh, Andre Drummond. The Pistons traded Andre Drummond to the Cavaliers in exchange for um, John Henson, Brandon Knight, and a 2023 second round pick. So the second round... Anytime they trade second round picks, it's always kind of like... This was a weird trade to me. This is bizarre. Because John John Henson is a shot blocker, but he's a guy who's like always
1: like he never plays big minutes and then Brandon Knight is I didn't like, even think he was in the league anymore to be yeah. honest. like he he was good he got hurt and he hasn't been even
0: So is this like sniffing is this just Detroit realizing they're not going to contend and dumping Drummond's contract? I mean because Drummond was killing
1: it this year. Yeah, he's a big stats guy. I mean, he gets 20, you know, points, 20 rebounds almost every night. Um not really a uh a, a, well, I'll rephrase that. He, he's more of a traditional center, which the NBA is kind of moving away from that. Um, it seems like they could have got more from... They, I mean, they, listen to these numbers. Drummond this year is averaging
0: almost 18 points and 16 rebounds a game with three assists Two steals in almost two blocks per game while shooting 53% from the field, which is a little low for a center, but 58% from the line, which used to be like in the 40s, I feel like. I mean, this guy is putting up like massive numbers, and this is what they got for him? John Henson, Brandon Knight, and a second round pick? They They basically traded him for a pack of smokes and an iPhone charger. He
1: took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to add in a box of Junior Mints or something, but, but man, what... That's, yeah. We're looking at this one like they looked at us when we traded DeMarcus Cousins for Buddy Heald. I know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not really sure what the thought process is there. I
0: guess we'll just have to wait and see they how this to unfolds. They be a salary
1: dump and just like, let's start over. But they could have got something better than that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you would think so. And, and it's not even like the Cavs are really contenders. You would think Drummond, if they are going to dump it... Would have gone to a contender, but yeah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> All right, well, the, what, what bad other,
1: teams are gonna be bad teams, man? I know, Losers I, like are this, lose. I like the move for the Clippers, though. They got Marcus Morris, um, who you know, got him from the Knicks, they got him and Isaiah Thomas, and then promptly uh, waived Isaiah Thomas. Poor Isaiah, they did give up a first rounder, though. They did, yeah, this next year's first
0: round pick. And then Mo Harkless is not a bad player, yeah, he's, he's no slouch, but you know, he's not the best he's a decent defensive guy but he's definitely just a role player whereas i feel like marcus morris is a guy who could eat big minutes if you need him to um and isaiah thomas can be a great scoring point guard off the bench yeah but they waived isaiah um, so he's not he's not yeah gonna he, be a part, yeah oh that's true he's not even there anymore yeah. so that's irrelevant so this was basically morris for harkless in a
1: right. first round pick marcus morris so. he's had a lot of playoff experience with the celtics he um yeah, he can score. He can defend really, you know, pretty well. Um, he's tough, uh, almost too tough sometimes. He's kind of a jerk. No. Um, this was a three team trade, though,
0: right? Didn't the Wizards also receive Jerome Robinson in this deal?
1: They did. Yeah. You're right. Which? Which, which okay.
0: I mean, we, could, we probably could have not even mentioned that, and yeah. it would have been just the same. So. <laughs>
1: um, That's it, good coverage by you, though.
0: Y- yeah. yeah. I just wanted to be thorough, you know. Just that's That's the kind of uh, journalism we bring to the table here, yeah Back lunch
1: podcast, you know, nothing but the best
0: the the seventy uh, sixers also um traded three second round picks, which wow. is also some of these trades are just bizarre. But in return, they received uh, from this is another trade by the Warriors. The Warriors gave up Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson, the third, which both of those guys are actually pretty good players. So I feel like, that's not a bad move for Philadelphia because they yeah. could compete in the East this year. They picked up a couple of really solid role players there. Glenn Robinson can shoot the lights out when he's hot, and Burks has been a great scorer this year. So they got a lot of offense in this trade, um, and all they gave up was second-round picks. Now, granted, three of them. Yeah. Um, so they managed to do it without giving up any first-rounders while strengthening their roster. So it's clearly a power move for, like, we're going to go for it this season. Right now, type of yeah. I, yeah. Think
1: I, I think I would like that if I was a Sixers fan. Cause they they need some outside shooting over there in Philly there that's what they're lacking the most so yeah.
0: now the the Hawks actually traded for a guy have you heard of this guy they traded for a guy named Dwayne Dedman? Yeah. Um, yeah, I heard he was supposed to be good, but it's kind of disappointed a little bit this year. <laughs> I heard he was kind of a bust this year. <laughs> yeah, so the Kings traded Dwayne Dedman and two second-round picks, keeping with the theme of trading second-rounders, and in return received a couple of injured guys, Jabari Parker, who's dealing with a right shoulder injury, and Alex Len, who's been dealing with a
1: hip flexor. Both are due back around or after the All-Star break. Well, um, the good thing is that our team's fully healthy, so having a couple injured guys, you know, not a big deal. <laughs> right. Oh, wait. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, no. Everybody's hurt on the Kings, so
0: they uh, fit right in. Now, both those guys are supposed to be back any day now. We only have a couple games before the All-Star break, so they might just hold them out till after the All-Star break. We'll see. But what are your thoughts on the Kings acquiring uh, Jabari Parker and Alex Len in exchange for Dedman and a couple of second rounders?
1: Well, on the surface, it looks like a, a, a nice deal for us. Uh, we dumped Deadman's contract. Obviously, he was not working out for us. He wanted to be traded. That contract was kind of hefty, especially for someone of his talent um, level. Now watch. He's going to go to the Hawks and be amazing. But um, Which he used to play for the Hawks. Yeah, so. and that's when he had his best years. so yeah. who knows. But Alex Len, um, both Len and Parker are terrible defenders, which um, – you know they'll fit right in but uh they're both more of offensive but, but they can guys. score the ball yeah, yeah. um I, I assume they're going to be coming off the bench so hey you know do you we'll think what they can do. Yeah. the
0: alex len move um is corresponding with the news that we've heard recently that that Bagley may or may not even return this season or, or at least doesn't have, he's out indefinitely without a solid timetable to return with that foot injury.
1: Yeah. Cause we're uh, going to need a big man. To, and
0: Holmes will there. come back soon and we do have Giles, but maybe this was to uh, a move to kind of bolster. Cause it could have just been, you know, Parker for Deadman, but they, they threw in Len and then the second round picks on our end. And so it, it looks like the Kings were trying to make sure they received some depth in the front court back. Yeah, I can't imagine
1: Len sticking around next year, but this year we might need you know somebody big to, to fill in while all our other big guys are hurt. Interesting, yeah. Jabari Parker is a, uh, a, he went to Duke College, former number two pick, mm-hmm. and has a history of being injured a lot. Yep, which he's is played for uh, several different teams. Yeah, which is exactly what Bagley is. He's a
0: very talented
1: player, but oh yeah, I see what you're doing there. <laughs> okay. Duke, second round pick. Injury history. Yeah. Although we hope that Bagley's injury history is just, you know, an anomaly, and and he can move forward with some good luck.
0: But. Yeah. Hopefully, it becomes just that. Hopefully, it becomes history and doesn't become a trend moving forward. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the mega deal that happened. This was there was a fourteen deal that came out last Tuesday, mm. where. Uh, just r- I'll rattle it off real quick. The Rockets got Robert Covington, Jordan Bell, and a second-round pick. The Hawks got Clint Capella and Nene. Wow. The Timberwolves got Malik Beasley, Juan Hernan Gomez, and uh, Evan Turner, uh, in addition to Jared Vanderbilt and a first-round pick that is also lottery protected. And then the Nuggets received Gerald Green, Bates Diop, uh, Shabazz Napier, Noah Vonley, and a 2020 20 round pick. So that, that, I mean, I, I was getting confused so reading all that. Yeah. But I guess when you read what each team received, yeah. um, which team, let's just do it this way. Out of the four teams, who do you think won the deal? Who do you think came out on top there? Uh,
1: that's tough. I, the I mean, Hawks I, getting Capella my, is pretty yeah, nice. Yeah, my gut feeling is the Hawks. Um, Capella, I, I've always wondered though, is he just a product of Harden being really good and catching his lobs mm-hmm. uh, and then... I mean, he does get a lot of rebounds, though, so
0: I'll give him that. Yeah, no, I think he's a good player, though. And I think he'll pair nicely with John Collins, and then they have Trey Young, so it just adds another dimension there. I think it's a good move for the future for them. Um, you know, the the Nuggets being—that kind of scares me, the fact that they're already so good and they just got another first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, the T-Wolves got a first-round pick that's lottery-protected. That was probably a good move for them. They need to rebuild as much as possible. The Rockets are the— The actual best team that participated in this deal. They got Covington, who's a good role player, good defender, has not been quite as good this year. Jordan Bell is super athletic, but hasn't, you know, he had that little run last year for Golden State and hasn't done much, and they got a second rounder. So I don't know if there's a clear winner. A couple teams got first rounders. The Rockets got some nice role players, but I think the Hawks getting Capella
1: and Nene just. um, Yeah, it seems like they. They won that with just the the biggest name being Capella, the Rockets. I don't. I, I'm interested to see what they're going to do moving forward. They have PJ uh, Tucker playing the the five, which is uh, weird because he's like and, a small forward. Yeah, and um, th- they're moving forward without a without a true center, and, and they're just gonna. Do you think Jordan Bell
0: gets any minutes for them?
1: So far, he hasn't. Uh, Covington played, and Bell really hasn't seen the floor. But um, it's interesting. I mean, they. Uh, they're 1-1 one and one since making the trade with their new unconventional style of, of small ball. But, uh, I mean, I could just, in the playoffs, if they play someone like Jokic, he's going punish them. You think it was just one less uh, mouth
0: that they have to feed now, where they already had Harden and Russell Westbrook there, and then, you know, now Capella's out of the mix? Uh, but, but it seemed like he was good at pulling down rebounds. Tucker Tucker was a decent like rebound for a three or even a four, but at the five, he's not gonna be able to box out some of these seven foot dudes, you know. So like I don't yeah. know. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But that that was the the mega trade. So um, the, uh, those are all the trades. I mean, I- any final thoughts uh, about the trade deadline? Or I mean, were you kind of disappointed there weren't some more? That was a little bit big yeah. names.
1: I think we got spoiled by. Uh, this year's free agent signing over the summer. I mean, re- oh, yeah. remember how wild that was? It was a soap opera. And, and so, so I think we, we just maybe uh, got used to it being crazy. But I mean, there's some still, you know, some pretty big ones here. But um, Well, let's yeah. talk about the Sacramento Kings. And with that, I mean, are you disappointed that the Kings
0: didn't make a couple more moves with their front office to rebuild? I mean, I was kind of hoping that we would move somebody and get maybe a first round pick like some of these other teams did or yeah you know um i i hate to say it but i almost would have been okay with anybody on the move other than Holmes or Fox you know if if it brought right. us something that could really help us build for the future now i'm not saying i don't like the team i'm just saying we, we it's i think it's time to build right so
1: yeah. um i don't know are you yeah i was um Oh, there was a trade for Bogdanovich that was being thrown around. I can't remember the player involved, but, um, it's just not coming to me, but I, I was kind of okay with that one, but sometimes bogey goes in streaks, you know, he, he, I love him and then I hate him. Um, I think with all our injuries, the, uh, maybe the front office was thinking, let's give him one more year and hopefully next year we'll be healthy and then we'll really see what we have, um. With the little mini moves that we have, you know, getting Baysmore and, and sending Ariza to Portland. baysmore has been a nice little add. Um, his energy's been nice. Uh, his defense is good. He can knock down some threes. And then we'll see what Jabari Parker and Alex Lynn bring to the table. I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm okay with it. Okay.
0: Yeah, no. At I think we did something. I don't hate the trades that we made. I was just wondering if you were hoping they had done a little more or tried to get a pick or, yeah. you know. Um, it's I don't feel like we failed at the deadline or anything. I just feel like we kind of um, maybe failed to to wow or impress, yeah. to, you know, to give the fans something to be really pumped about going forward. But, yeah, you know, it's probably a lot easier said than done. Um, but, yeah. well, let's talk about the Kings. The Kings are hot right now. They've won six of their last eight games. Just when you're ready to... Completely count them out and move on and they start talking this. about the rebuild. They have won six of the last eight. They won all three games just
1: like Matt Smith said that they would hey, in his prediction last week. Nostradamus right here. <laughs> the Kings, are, they're so classic, man. They, they, about eight games ago, I said, well, you know, I, I still care about the team. I still watch pretty much every game. But uh, maybe at the fourth quarter is coming around and it's either watch the fourth quarter uh, or put my kids to bed. I'm going to put my kids to bed and just kind of check on the game later. Right. I would do that. Um, and it's like, oh, they won. And they continue to be... They won again.
0: Yeah, yeah. and then won
1: again. <laughs> Six Th- out of eight? What? They
0: continue to be predictably unpredictable, meaning yeah. that, like, if there's one thing we know about the Kings, is they're just going to continue to keep us on our toes and surprise us. They're sitting at 21 and 31, which is good for the 12 seed in the West, five and a half back of Mensa- Memphis, who's the 8th seed, still trailing New Orleans, San Antonio, and Portland as well. It's just rough because it's like... Just put us out of our misery, you yeah. know? It's like they keep hanging right in where it's just enough, like a sliver of hope, where if they made a nice run, they could push for that eight seed. But well,
1: I'm, I'm going to keep my strategy of secretly not caring. Okay. And, and um, maybe they'll keep yeah. piling up the wins if you do that? Yeah. <laughs> so the last three games since we last uh, spoke... Kings 113, T-Wolves 109. We almost let this one slip away. I know. That was a crazy game. We were up by double digits the whole game, and it it was close at the end. But, hey, a win is a win, right? Um, Wait, wasn't that the game where uh, we were down big, and then Fox
0: missed the free throw on purpose to send it into overtime? No,
1: that was at Minnesota. This was the game where we were up big. They started creeping back. Harrison Barnes got the five-second count. And we were up by three. Oh, where you took the five second violation when we had a timeout in our pockets and yes. I was <laughs> angrily text messaging you. I remember yeah. that. Now. Okay. Sorry, I mixed up the T Wolves games. Yeah, no, there's been we played the T Wolves like three times in the last two weeks, so I that I forgive you for that. You okay. Know, you're I I get a pass you're, you're for you're that. excused, yeah. Okay. And then we got lucky that the Heat didn't have Jimmy Butler um, or Tyler Hero. um, No, they got lucky. We didn't have Rashawn Holmes. Yes, but we still won. Yes, Uh, we won 105 to 97. Okay, so we're two and zero. I'm looking good on my prediction. Then we come and we play the Spurs on a back to back. We're thinking maybe, you know, maybe the Spurs. Now these are all home games, but yeah, Spurs
0: on a back to back is no joke. And then we beat them by 20. 20 points. Take that, Spurs. I, I just you know I, I had said realistically two out of three um obviously this is um, this
1: is great for us as fans but like how like what I I don't know well like, what's been working is that our three ball is is clicking on all cylinders right now um, we are shooting the last three games I did some math were 49 percent average uh from the uh three point that's like piping hot that's not sustainable but that's (laughs) like so many threes yeah with the volume of threes that we shoot that's incredible buddy healed last night went nine of ten from three-point land, he couldn't miss. The only one that he missed was at the end of a quarter where he just was forced to chuck one up, and that one almost went down. It was in and out. That's crazy. He's ready. Uh, so he was just feeling it last night. He Yeah, he was
0: on. When he's like that, he I feel like that not only is he unstoppable, but the Kings
1: are hard to beat when yeah. he just isn't missing like well, that. Yeah, anytime we're shooting you know, 50% from three, it's going to be tough. Oh, but, yeah. Um, the bench mob has been... Has been working, uh, obviously, buddy's led a big by part the of aforementioned that. buddy Heald, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Um, continuing you know, to thrive, yeah. Now, the kings have won six of eight, and most of that has been with buddy coming off the bench. Do you think is Luke Walton like a is he an accidental genius? He was he just trying something out, or did he like you know, because you, you can't say he's a genius because if he was like. Why, why Why didn't he do this earlier, you know? Right. But, I mean, but it seemed like the right move to make it at, at the time, and
1: it seems to be paying dividends right now. I don't know. like it. Maybe he was feeling the heat from the fans, and we are the geniuses.
0: Maybe we're the real geniuses, and he's just the byproduct of that.
1: Yeah, but I do like Buddy off the bench. I feel like there's a little bit less pressure on him. Um, he can come in and just, he's like, hey, you got the green light. You got to fire away. And remember, I mean, he... Him and Corey Joseph played well together when Fox was out. Right. And so now they're kind of back in, uh, in that swing of things. Corey Joseph is a nice defender um, who can take some of the pressure off Buddy. So, you know, Buddy's not as much of a liability on defense. Cause you got Kojo there locking it up. Yeah, he kind of covers Buddy on the yeah. defensive end. And then on the uh, on the other side, uh, Joseph isn't really much of a a, a ball-dominant, you know, scoring guard and so he's fine with Buddy just taking his shot right where when Buddy's paired with Fox it gets a little dicey
0: but yeah and when the Kings were on that nice winning streak earlier in the season that little run that they were on they were winning with defense, and mm-hmm. the bench is bringing that right now with Corey Joseph playing solid D, and then Baysmore yeah. has been bringing a lot of defense and energy to the table, and it's working right now. The Kings are um, they're feeling it right now. They're playing solid D. Uh, the bench, the last three games, has outscored the opponent's benches, uh, a total of 117 to 106, so it okay. is close, but the Kings bench is hanging right there and, and has actually been a little better than, than our opponent's benches, so... Yeah, I'd say the defense and the bench is, ju- and, and and the three pointers, so the yeah. accuracy from three, and we had mentioned those as being keys to the season earlier in the year. We said yeah. if when we're hitting threes, when we're hitting free throws, which we're going to talk about that in a minute, that hasn't been a, a great thing <laughs> yeah. lately. But but when we're hitting threes, we're playing defense, and when the bench is is you know feeling it, then we're yeah we're winning games. So yeah, absolutely. Um, but what what I mean. It still feels though like we're not quite there yet. It feels like some of these wins are kind of I don't know. Like it, the Kings well, can yeah. probably still be doing
1: some things better, right? I yeah. mean, I mean, some of these wins have been. I mean, the Spurs aren't what they used to be. The Heat didn't have Butler, and the T Wolves just flat out suck. Yeah, um, and so you know, three and zero. Take that with a, a grain of salt. Or whatever we'll take that, the wins, yeah. but it's yeah. not the same
0: as beating good teams at full strength. Right. So. I mean, obviously the health has been an issue for the Kings. Giles is our only true center right now, which is mm-hmm. crazy just because of how raw he is. <laughs> now we do have Len, and then Holmes is two back any day, hopefully um, at the latest after the All-Star break. So right. hopefully he m- just misses one or two more games tops. He's already missed 15. So, um, And then Bagley might not even return now. He has no timetable. And then you know Deer and Fox was what he missed like a month to, to start the season, and, yep. and Bogey missed some games in there. So it's just been a rough season for injuries. So um, hopefully the Kings can stay healthy the rest of the season, and, mo- and more importantly next season. I hope we can really stay yeah. healthy, but hopefully
1: injuries are not as much of an issue going forward. Yeah. The other thing we need to improve on is free throws. The last three games we've been shooting at an average of sixty three percent.
0: Oh, how is bad is it that just, our
1: th- our three-point percentage is almost as good as our free-throw percentage. <laughs> maybe we should step back and shoot from three from the line. Yeah. Can, you can do that. Will they let us do that? Yeah, you can do that. You can even jump if you want. It's not a <laughs> violation. Okay. No, yeah, as maybe long they'll... as you don't go over the line. That's terrible.
0: 63. And we mentioned that as a key. So that's the one thing that has been missing. The defense has been good. The bench has been good. You know, Luke Walton made a nice move with Buddy going to the bench, but the free throws
1: have to be better than that. Yeah. You so. got to get it. We got to maybe see a, a, a hypnotist or something and get it out of our heads over the All Star weekend.
0: Well, Rashawn Holmes and his 80 plus
1: percent from the line that's will be right. returning soon. I mean, so you can give us you know, Fox and Baysmore some lessons. They've been just breaking. Yeah. What's on tap? So, uh, yeah,
0: let's wrap this up, Matt. The next couple games, the All-Star uh,
1: game is this week,
0: and the Kings only have two games. Uh, Monday, which is tomorrow, February 10th, it's at Milwaukee. Ugh. Tough. Kings are a 14-and-a-half point dog in that one. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You taking the Kings, or, or do you take the Bucks to go over that? Oh, I mean, if, if you, want my, you want my Kings fan answer or my honest answer, because it's, it's hard, even even 14 and a half, it's hard to take the points there, especially if Holmes isn't even back yet. But. Yeah, they could run away with that. And then uh, Wednesday, the 12th, we've got at Dallas, but no Luka. So that no changes Luca. everything. I yeah. feel like that makes that game winnable. So if we could even split these two before the
1: break, that would be nice. no. We're winning them both. What? Oh, you're calling I'm it sticking again. Sticking with this theory, we're gonna uh, squeak one out against the Bucks. Fox is just gonna own Giannis. He's gonna dunk on him five times. <laughs> <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna squeak one out we're as win Fox dunks on, on a Harry five Giles three-pointer from thirty feet out. We're gonna be feeling good, and then we're gonna come into Dallas, and we're gonna beat him by twenty-five. You think so? Yeah. If if we can avoid getting a five-second violation, guess at the who we end of the get game. to play again in Dallas. Who? Willie Colley-Stein. Oh, that's right. The newest Maverick. Oh, I had forgotten about him. Let's go. Is he still playing? Yeah. What? He's. I mean, he's technically playing. Technically. Yeah.
0: He's, a, he's, he's out there. He's a body on the court. But yeah. Man, I no. forgot about him. Why do you have to bring up Willie? Come on. I was in a good mood, Matt. Why do you <laughs> got to bring up Willie? So yeah, that, then we've got the All-Star Game, and uh, it's, it, it should be fun. The, I always enjoy the festivities, and Buddy's going to participate in the three-point shootout. So Yeah, go Buddy. Yeah, maybe that can be our uh, our biggest achievement this season for the Kings is <laughs> the the development
1: of De'Aaron Fox. And, and Buddy Hill stroking in, in Chicago. Benchmob
0: Buddy winning the three-point competition. There we go. See how that goes. I so. think
1: Buddy can be sixth man of the year if he if he stays coming off the bench, or is that maybe he has too many games as a starter? Understand? Yeah,
0: I'm not sure on the specifications for eligibility of sixth man, but I think he's playing like it. I mean, when you come off the bench and hit nine out of ten from a <laughs> three-point, I mean, yeah, jeez, That's funny. Well, you heard it from Matt. We're going to win both those games. We're going to, we're going to beat the Bucks Convincingly. Convincingly, in a convincing fashion. So, All right, well, that's all we have this time. Uh, please continue to follow us on Twitter and also on whatever podcast app you might be using. We are on uh, the main ones we're on are Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. So that's all we have this time. And until next time, I'm Matt, he's Matt, and this is the Sack Lunch Podcast.